0: Hey everyone, Jeff here from besttechie.com, and this is Techie Bytes episode 65. Today I'm speaking with Mike Cesario, co-founder and CEO at Liquid Death, a company that helps you murder your thirst and save the environment with its canned mountain water at the same time. We discuss how important marketing is for companies selling commodities, why plastic is even more terrible for the environment than you may have realized, and how he plans to ramp up distribution. Enjoy. I'm here with Mike Cesario, the uh, co-founder and CEO at a company called Liquid Death. Yes, <laughs> Liquid Death. Uh, they make canned water, uh, 100% mountain water, according to the website and the marketing materials. And they just raised a ton of money, I believe like $9 million in Series A funding. So Mike, we're going to get into Liquid Death and and, and, and your background Uh, But before we get started, I always like to get a little sense of what people do at a 30,000-foot level and also just a little bit more about who they are. So if you can give us kind of who you are, what you do on a day-to-day basis, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, so I am Mike, and I'm the CEO Of liquid death you know my background before i started liquid death i worked in the advertising industry as a creative director you know for advertising and all that i grew up playing in rock bands and punk bands and metal bands and things like that and kind of you know design t-shirts and posters and things like that which is kind of what got me into like the creative marketing field that eventually translated to advertising and then i kind of created liquid death as a way to sort of fill this gap that I always saw where pretty much only terribly unhealthy products were actually trying to invest in sort of irreverent, funny youth culture. I think if you ask most people, what's the funniest, most memorable ad campaign you can think of from the last 10 years, most people will either tell you Dos Snickers, Bud Light, Skittles, Doritos, like. All basically junk food, like that's yeah. The I was I was good.
0: gonna say uh, Oreo dunk in the dark, the Super Bowl thing. Um, that too, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, awesome. Red, or Red, Bull, Red Bull. Yeah, Red Bull. Yeah.
1: But, but essentially, all the most memorable, funny brand stuff in our culture is essentially all junk food. So, or alcohol. So, you know, coming from a, this world of you know rock lifestyle, whatever you want to call it. It's like, there are people like me who really care about being healthy. Like, you know, when I was 16, I was a vegetarian for six years. And I have a lot of friends who are big, scary metal dudes who are totally sober or totally vegan. And I just always thought it was weird that healthy brands never marketed in the same funny way that unhealthy brands did. And that's kind of what formed Liquid Death was how do we take the healthiest thing you can drink that most people don't drink enough of often enough, which is water and just kind of building a fun brand around it where it actually makes it more fun to walk around with a can of water in more places, you know? So if you're in a bar and you don't want to drink alcohol or you want to take a break because you just had three shots, like you can just hang out with a water and you feel a little bit more a part of what's going on than just like walking around with like a glass of water.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, that makes a lot of sense to me especially because I don't know you, you I don't think you know, knew this coming into this ep, uh this episode that we're recording but I don't I don't really drink alcohol in fact I rarely drink and it's always a little awkward going to a bar with some friends and like you said walking around with a glass of water uh when everyone else has you know beer or or wine damn, or whatever yeah. yeah, Right,
1: I mean and even What we're even seeing which is interesting is It's not even, like we're not trying to necessarily Push this as a Replacement even, but like we're seeing a, Like bars who are, that carry Liquid death who are doing These specials where it's like a shot Of whiskey and a liquid death Because it's like yeah I'm going to take the shot Of whiskey but then I just kind of want to hang out with a Water for a little while instead of Hanging out with a beer and just getting more drunk You mm-hmm. know, so But yeah, that that was kind of the the ethos of it. And then we're seeing all kinds of funny things like, you know, people just, I don't know, I think maybe it's just the current craziness of culture and like, you know, I like, as Bill Maher calls it, like we live in the age of outrage. And it's like, I think people start to gravitate towards things that are humor based or that are lighthearted. And it's like, people like walking around with this can that says liquid death. That's just water because a, it prompts conversations. Like it's like a literal icebreaker. If you walk around with that can, you're going to have three or four people. They're like liquid <laughs> death. What's that? You're like, it's just water.
0: You know? <laughs> it's just water, Yeah.
1: Or you have people like we see, like go look on social under hashtag liquid death and you see parents are buying it and they're giving it to their eight year old kids at soccer practice because they think it's funny watching these kids look, looking like they're actually drinking beers when it's water. Mm-hmm. Uh, people bringing it to the gym because they actually like the fact that like they're getting funny looks from people watching them like drink a tall boy, like on a treadmill. So I think it's just like, there's this thing about it that goes beyond it just being water. And it's just making day to day life in a small way, like kind of more fun and exciting. And that's sort of what our whole brand is about. Like we're just trying to build a brand. that's all about fun and making people laugh. And we feel like at the end of the day, Most products, if you really look at the physical differences between them in any given category, they're almost like irrelevant. Like, what is really the difference between all the different waters in the bottle water cooler? Or what's the difference between all the different mustards in the mustard aisle? Or what, you know, it's like at the end of the day, we feel like if we can make people laugh. And make them understand that the people that are behind this brand or people that they might actually want to hang out with. They'd rather give their dollar sixty nine to us than to like the faceless big corporate brands on either side of it.
0: I want to jump back to what, what you were starting off with by uh, telling us about yourself, how you you were in bands, you were you, you created T shirts and stuff like that. Did, and the reason I bring this up, I guess, is because the tagline for your company is "Murder Your Thirst." And right. I'm just curious if like if, if, if that experience of being in a band and you know, coming up with clever kind of funny names for a t-shirt uh, result kind of and resulted in this in this tagline.
1: Well, when I was in advertising, my actual role was a copywriter. So mm-hmm. for 10 years, my job every day was literally writing clever taglines for different companies by the hundreds every day and writing, you know, scripts for TV commercials. So like. I just, that's kind of been what I do is trying to, is, you know, like like funny language and clever, sticky language. So it was just, you know, the reason it came to be was because we wanted it to always be very clear that we're not actually taking ourselves seriously. Like when you look at Monster or you look at Red Bull, they actually want you to think that energy drinks are badass. Like, jumping off stuff, like extreme, like monster claw on the can.
0: Right, that's why Red Bull sponsors all those types of uh, crazy events. Right,
1: right. We want it to be clear that this is all just, you know, like we're having fun. Like we don't want you to actually think that we're trying to make water badass. So I think at every touch point, we're always very heavy-handed with kind of like the – the extreme language, so it's really clear that we're not taking ourselves seriously. I think that's really important, because if you, if people actually think that, oh, liquid death is actually, actually thinks water is badass, or it's actually trying to do what Red and Monster are doing, then it's not as cool. At the end of the day, what we're sort of making fun of is marketing, because at the right. end it's of the day... It's purposely over the yeah, top. exactly. Right. And that, that's why Murder Your Thirst, it was like, it was the perfect thing that was like, over the top enough where you're like, Oh clearly these guys are not not actually taking themselves too seriously.
0: Mhm. They're having fun with it definitely. Right. Right. So I'm curious though you know you worked at I believe VaynerMedia Media among other uh creative outlets and you mentioned you you created like these these taglines and these scripts and things all the time. What's your what's your process when you're when you're when you're thinking these things up? Like how, how, what do you, what do you start with uh before you get to the end result?
1: Um You know, it's never the same thing. I think the hardest thing about good marketing is that not only does it have to be kind of funny and entertaining, but it also needs to prompt people to like take an action, you know? And I think that's sort of where we start. Is like we start thinking about you know, what are the things about the brand that are funny? What are we, what are we trying to get people? What do we hope that people will do when they read this thing or when they see this thing? And then just being really, really honest about whether or not they'll do that. I think that's what's wrong with most marketing in big companies is when you're inside a little boardroom and everyone who works for the company thinks this video of two people running on the beach that they spent. $500,000 on and spent eight hours casting the right female and right guy. It's like, they're so close to it that they think, oh my God, this is so great. But if you really backed out of the boardroom and said, hey, do we actually think people are going to see this and be like, yes, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Or, oh my God, I have to share this with all my friends. um, Ideas start dying very quickly when you really start thinking about what I bet my own money on this thing being shared a thousand times, then it gets a lot harder to make stuff because the bar is really high. People's feeds are filled with, you know, really cool stuff like actual influencers, like their family and friends posting stuff, you know, movie trailers, like everything. And you're gonna put your ad in that environment and people are scrolling and what is actually gonna get someone to stop and click on what you want them to click on and go explore more, like it's I think that's that's the biggest thing is we're just always super honest about will this actually stop people when they're scrolling through their feed, and will they actually be so genuine genuinely curious that they need to learn more and
0: click on it. right and i and that's why I fell in love with that murder your thirst tagline because it, it, it does both things you mentioned captures people's attention but also is a call to action. It's like Hey, this looks really interesting and we want to get and and if you want to murder your thirst, you know, you got you got to try it, right? Cuz like if you're thirsty, you want water, you got to drink it to find out if it's even if it really will quench your thirst, right? So I, I thought that was uh thought that was really well done.
1: Yeah, and I think so, and I think that people don't even actually think that far into it. I think it, it, it's really simple in terms of there, there's a guy named John Bielenberg who wrote a book called Think Wrong. And you know, there's a lot of psychology that he gets into where it's like our brains are wired to basically filter out lots of things that aren't immediately important to us or relevant because it's not possible for your brain as you're walking down the street to focus on every single tiny little thing that's in your field of vision. So essentially, your brain blocks out everything that's not immediately important. So it's like you could be walking down you know, Times Square with giant ads on either side of you and people everywhere and your brain is just, you're just walking and you're just kind of ignoring all these ads. But then if some guy walks along with a dog that's wearing like a little top hat, that thing you're going to look at because it looks like something that you haven't seen. It doesn't feel like something that is like part of your normal everyday that, that you're kind of moving through. So you're going to stop and look at that one weird thing that seems like out of place. And like that's really what it is. It's like you have to show somebody something that they haven't seen before. It doesn't just feel like common stuff that they see every day. And that just alone is enough for them to stop and figure out what is this
0: thing. That makes a lot of sense. And I, 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 I have to agree with that. I I think, though, one of the things that I'm curious about because – we talked a little bit about, you know, how you're marketing um, water and and, and, and basically – and you alluded to the fact that, you know, a lot of these products, especially when it comes to food and things like that, are essentially the same for the most part. Um, and I'm curious if you can answer who, who, who's the target customer for Liquid Death? It, um, who, who, you, who, who, who do you want to buy this product or who do you envision buying this product?
1: Basically anyone with a sense of humor who likes water.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully everybody that I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, I mean and it's it's true like not everybody has the kind of sense of humor that gets our humor and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's another big mistake that brands make is they're trying so hard to make sure that their product appeals to everyone. And it's like the only way you can get something to appeal to everyone is to get it to just appeal a tiny, tiny bit to everyone, where it almost becomes like you don't really care one way or the other about it. But mm-hmm. it's like, if you're going to have people that are so into your brand that they're getting it tattooed on their bodies, which today I think we have close to 30 people, we don't know them, random customers, <laughs> have got our brand tattooed on their body in the last year since we launched and they post it on social. And it's like... That's
0: pretty awesome.
1: It's pretty cool. And it's like if you have people that love your brand that much, you are going to have people who hate your brand that much. It's not possible to have both. You can't have everyone in the world all being like I want to get this tattoo. So I think we you know, we know what our you know, our humor is. Like you can't really ever predict what other people's humor is going to be. Like you can't assume that oh, we know the exact humor that's going to appeal to a soccer mom who's age 35 with a household income of $115,000. Like, all we can really do is be ourselves and just keep doing what is authentic to us and what we think is funny, and what we think is appropriate, and continue to put that out. And so far, it's working. It's attracting a huge kind of um, wide audience that maybe in the beginning, I didn't even fully anticipate, you know, it's like, yeah, in the beginning, I knew that all my heavy metal and punk rock friends would think this is the greatest thing in the world. But then it was really surprising when you start seeing, you know, soccer moms and old ladies and everyone just kind of being like, this is just so cool and so funny. And I had to start to figure out like, well, what is it about it that is so appealing to, you know, people that are so far away from like what you would assume the target market is. And I think at the end of the day, it's just, people are craving authenticity and you hear tons of brands talk about that all the time but it's like something that when you look at it in the first three seconds you know that this is not a big corporate coke product or pepsi product or something that you haven't seen before and it seems like it it was created by real people that you would hang out with and it's like that i think is what's appealing they don't really care that like oh i totally align with you know your brand of humor or whatever, I think they just align with the fact that, hey, this is something really unique and different that we think should exist in the world that hasn't really existed before in this kind of a category.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not like you see people out there with bounty tattoos on themselves, you know. Right. <laughs> or like, you know, Dasani logos tattooed to themselves.
1: Right. Really? But you do see people with like Jack Daniels tattoos or you see yeah. people with, you know, they're... I just feel like in traditional packaged goods brands like, you know, non-alc beverages, um, snacks, things like that. It's just, and, and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because the, this market of packaged goods is so dominated by massive, massive corporate players that everything kind of just feels like very safe compared to maybe other categories like, Video games make billions of dollars that are violent. You know, there's movie franchises that make horror movies that are massive mainstream hits. But for some reason, like, when you get into packaged goods, all of a sudden you have to start playing by these super, super safe rules.
0: And mm, I think, so you're looking to shake that up, obviously.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, it, I think there's there's room for it to be shaken up, for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so obviously, one of the things that I was thinking about was how... So you've introduced this brand new kind of product, at least, not not water, but the styling, the packaging, everything that goes along with it, into the marketplace, it's ca- it's caught people's attention, it's different, it's unique as you pointed out. Uh, you need to continue to th- come up with new ways to, to market it, I would imagine, especially if maybe you, it's, it's, people start seeing your success and they look and, and they say, maybe we should create like a similar type of product to compete. Um, What other kind of marketing uh, ideas and plans do you have in place uh, for for Liquid Debt?
1: I mean, it's always evolving. I mean, we're always finding um, fun ideas for, you know, kind of how to entertain people and how to, you know, make things that are shareable and organically shareable. I think probably the most important thing that we've done is like, you know, We try to bake most of the marketing and appeal into the product itself so that, and I mean, it's kind of proving to be true that the minute someone gets a can of liquid death that's got the skull on it and got the copy, a funny copy and everything on the can, like you just want to take a photo of that with your phone and post it on social. Because at the end of the day, we don't have anything close to the marketing budgets of the big players who dominate the beverage game. So our only chance is to have something that organically is getting shared by people, right? So I think that's how we always think about it is like, how can we do something that um, is going to get shared? And I think it's, it's a really, really fine line to walk. Like people just look at Liquid Death and think, oh, they're just being edgy, anybody can do that. But if you go five degrees to the left with some of this stuff it comes off as super distasteful and people will hate on it if you go five degrees to the right it becomes like boring and or yeah, not as interesting. yeah it's like yeah. it's a really fine line to walk where you're kind of doing something that is extremely unique and disruptive but at the same time it's it's hitting that tiny little bullseye that you need to hit
0: Gotcha. I, I haven't seen any of the cans yet. In fact, I, I, I'm hoping that I can get I can get a get one. But we'll talk about uh, distribution in a little bit. Sure. And so so when so describe the can for us. When, like someone takes it out, they look they're looking at what do they see?
1: So it looks like kind of like a classic uh, tall boy of of beer that you probably you, you've seen a million times before. It's got a gold top. Um, you know uh, gold skull on it and it's got kind of that traditional what they call like German uh, black letter font if you look like a lot of beer brands use a similar type of German font because basically beer started in Germany Um, Budweiser you know um, it all came to the US and it has a very German influence so when we were designing our cans You know we we kind of took inspiration more from the world of beer and even craft beer um to design our our water can
0: what kind of what kind of what kind of um text is on the can is it say liquid death does it say anything else
1: yeah it says uh you know the big logo says liquid death and then underneath it says mountain water and um we've got like a, a long copy uh text paragraph on the side that um, was written by one of our kind of creative partners named Will Carsola, who is the creator of an Adult Swim cartoon called Mr. Pickles. But it's just like a really funny thing about how our proprietary thirst murdering process <laughs> actually like murders your thirst.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So so I, mean, I, I, I guess in, a, in an effort to keep it fresh, is it possible that there could be other kind of stories on the cans or things like that in the future or is that not on the roadmap yet
1: yeah definitely in the future we've definitely talked about having you know variations of of the cans and things like that i think the tricky part is with cans you know the production minimums are so high and um you know to really be doing like different cans and multiple things on a big level like you really
0: need to be doing some
1: serious volume so i think Mm -hmm. Once, once we re- you know, once we get a little further down the road, that becomes more uh, more doable.
0: Is sparkling water a thing that you're thinking about, or can you can you speak to that at all?
1: Yeah, we just launched liquid Death sparkling uh, two weeks ago.
0: Oh, awesome! I hadn't yeah. seen that. I must have missed that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we so, um, yeah. It's, so does uh, it come
0: in different flavors, or what's the deal with it? Is it uh, nope,
1: just just plain sparkling water? We've got our uh, mountain still water. And then basic, which comes from uh, the Alps in Austria and uh, the sparkling water, we take that same kind of high quality um, 7.8 pH alkaline mountain water. And we basically just add carbonation to it. And um, it's in an all black can instead of a white can. Um, Our normal still water is in a white can with a gold top. Uh, The sparkling water is an all black can with a gold top and a gold skull on it. And that's nice, uh, good
0: for differentiation. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: yeah. and what's uh, what's interesting about our sparkling water is we actually carbonate the sparkling water more similar to the carbonation level of a beer than a soda, because beer traditionally has a bit less carbonation than soda. So like I think the average beer has like five grams per volume or five grams per liter of carbonation. Whereas, like the average soda has between like six and eight grams of carbonation, and then the reason that's significant is when there's a little less carbonation, there's less carbonic acid formed, which means the taste is less bitter. So one thing that like we hear a lot about our sparkling is people who are not super crazy about sparkling say that oh, actually, I actually can drink your guys sparkling like it's not as bitter. It's like way easier to to drink. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I so I don't I don't drink sparkling water but my wife and my friends do and they and they uh, lacroix um is a big one for them yeah. they started drinking Canada dry I guess just regular sparkling water and th- it, but the, it's always about you know how the that that crispness and that um that sometimes the bitterness of your I guess if you're really into sparkling water can be a thing yeah uh, I, I can't speak too much to it but I know but I know that 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 uh, that, that that that's true.
1: Yeah, and th- and that's always there. It's not like we would call like our carbonation like a low level. It's just not as intense mm-hmm. as most of the things that people have tried before or use are used to.
0: Gotcha. So I want to talk a little bit about the environment because I know that it's important to you, and and one of the reasons why uh, that your product is actually in an aluminum can. Um, how how important is the environment uh, to you and 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 liquid death and you know what is what is the uh, the game plan in terms of helping protect the environment with uh, with the company
1: right so I think most people have seen the articles and things coming out in the past few years about how terrible plastic is and how big the plastic problem is um, it was something years ago when we kind of started Conceptualizing liquid death, and you know, figuring out what the packaging was going to be, you know, doing something that wasn't a terrible plastic bottle um, was definitely something that you know we were interested in. And the more you learn about aluminum, the the more of like kind of the per like the perfect package goods material it is because because of aluminum's high material value. It's basically one of the only materials that is consistently recycled. Um, Basically, it's easy to recycle, so they get all these cans in, they just melt them down, and then they turn them into these big um, metal bricks that can then be resold at a profit to make new cans with because aluminum can just be infinitely recycled from cans into blocks into new cans over and over and over again. And there's like this crazy stat that we heard that was like since 1888 of all the aluminum produced. So that's like over a hundred years, over 75% of it is still in current use.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. That's but, crazy.
1: So then, you know, so it was like aluminum made a lot of sense. And then, you know, also just, you know, it looks cool. Like it just kind of checked all these boxes for us. And, um, Yeah, there was just an article that came out yesterday um, where they had some of these guys who were part of the plastics lobbying industry in the early 80s who came forward to basically say the plastics industry knew that plastic was not actually viable to recycle. But when some of the plastic bans started happening in the early 80s, they basically spent all this money to make it seem like plastic was recyclable just so they could get they could avoid some of these bands that were starting to kind of swell up around plastic. And it's like when you put a plastic bottle in your blue bin and it goes to a recycling facility, they basically take your plastic bottle and they just send it to a landfill because it's not profitable to recycle it. So they'll literally go out of business if they tried to recycle all the
0: plastic that came in. Wow. Uh, because yeah, so that, yeah. that's a no go, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and most people don't know that, and it's it's almost sad. I had no thing. idea. Yeah, because the the issue is when you send plastic to a recycling facility, they spend all this money to sort it, and then they grind it up into these little pellets, which cost money, and then that final product of ground up plastic is essentially worthless. They can't sell it to anybody. Because making bottles from new plastic is a lot cheaper, so mm. it's sort of this like worthless thing to do, so that's why they don't do it. Um, and there's these environmental economists who say that technically it's better for the environment now to just throw your plastic in the garbage because it requires less trucking to get it to the landfill,
0: which is <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> It's insane. It's uh, it's insane to think about like a lot of these things that, you, as you pointed out, these companies knew ahead of time uh, because it wasn't you know profitable for them or helped their bottom line. Any they lobbied to uh, to get around it for as long as they possibly could. So it's good to see that companies like 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 yours, like Liquid Death, are, you know, are thinking about the future of this of this planet uh, in addition to just their you know your own pockets.
1: Right, and you know, at the end of the day. The most environmentally friendly thing you can do is use a reusable water bottle. But mm. the issue is there's billions of plastic bottles being produced every day, not just for water, for soda and everything else. And there's the, the chances that you're gonna get you know, 500 million people to all just completely stop buying packaged drinks at all is probably not very likely to happen anytime in the next 50 years. But at least this is a better alternative to plastic. If you are going to be buying packaged drinks, you know. So.
0: Yes, absolutely. Right. So I want to get back to the Series A that I mentioned earlier. You you, you had raised uh, nine million dollars Series A funding. How are you planning to utilize uh, this new influx of of capital at Liquid Death?
1: Sure. So you know, we actually closed most of the round. Uh, several months ago, but we, we didn't really make the full announcement till a bit later. But essentially, what we are using that money for is hiring a legit sales team so that we can move much more aggressively into more traditional brick and mortar retail, like convenience stores, grocery stores, liquor stores, bars, things like that. Um, you know, we started most of our first year being a D2C brand with basically no salespeople. Um, we just sold online and you know we advertised on social media and things like that. and you know as you move into the traditional retail space it becomes a lot more capital intensive um, as you start needing to deal with distributors and retailers and promotions and salespeople. I mean there's certain distributors where if a distributor wants to start distributing your product, they'll say you need to hire a full-time salesperson, just for us to help us sell your product around, you know, so it just gets more expensive to kind of play in the more traditional space. Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, as, as you alluded to just now, the name of the game obviously for you and uh, is, uh, is distribution, getting in to these convenience stores, bars, uh, grocery stores, drug stores, you name it. Since since you've been since you closed the round, have, what has been the progress on that? Like, I, I, in terms of if I walked into my bodega down the street, when 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 would I expect possibly to see Liquid Death sitting in the uh, in in the fridge?
1: Well, we've already been at it for probably a little over six months now. You know, we started a bit slower and we've really ramped up how quickly we're going into it the last probably three or four months. But um, yeah, we're in a few thousand locations now spread throughout the country. So depending on uh, what area uh, folks are in, um, it, it definitely is in quite a few bodegas and independent convenience stores. We're in a few 7-Elevens. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, to- I, feel like, I feel like being in places like that is really what will kind of make or break you know the, the business, right? In the sense, you like for products like Liquid Death, you kind of need to be in like Seven Eleven and convenience stores and things like gas stations, things like that, um, in order for to get people aware of your brand, obviously, also. But you know that that's because that's where people buy most those types of drinks so on the go, right?
1: Right, and it's it's. You know we started we didn't know when we, exactly we would go into traditional retail. We knew it was gonna happen at some point. We didn't know if we would do it within the first year, first two years, first six months. but we started doing like small little retail tests like just before last summer um, because we had tons of retailers who were DMing us on social being like, how do we get this in my stores? So we did like a small little um, like 711 test outside Detroit. And this uh, franchisee owned a handful of stores, and we put it in the stores. We had no no in-store signage or POS. We didn't do any big discounting or promos. He just put the product in the bottled water cooler uh, with some good, pl- you know, decent placement, and just sat back and just saw what happened. And essentially, we were outselling all of the other water brands in the cooler. So that was kind of like our little aha moment of hey, maybe maybe traditional retail is actually going to be Really strong for us, and we should yeah. move into it quicker. Um, and I think the big difference when you think about it, when you order something on the internet, as you can imagine, it is very expensive to ship a 14 pound case of water yeah. to somebody. Yeah,
0: yep. yep. So
1: it, it's impossible for us to be able to sell the product for the same price that you could buy it for in a store where you take out that expensive individual case shipping cost. And you look at someone. If they buy it online, they have to buy a whole case, whereas you can go in a store and you can buy a single can of Liquid Death for a dollar sixty-nine, and it's sitting next to the dollar eighty-nine Smart Water or the dollar, you know, ninety-nine Fiji Water, and it's like really easy to make that decision for our brand over the other. I know other. what I would pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> nice. And then
1: we're launching uh, national in Whole Foods uh, this week,
0: actually. Oh, really. Congrats yeah. on that. Thank you. so so one of the things uh, so hopefuls that's a big deal. I feel like one of the things you had kind of mentioned earlier was uh, production and ramping yeah. up this you know to ramp up your distribution, you need to be able to uh, produce more quantities of your water. Uh, how, what does that look like? Do you have any challenges that 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 you may be facing or have you kind of ironed out the production workflow? Yeah,
1: we have it pretty ironed out. I think we learned pretty quickly in the first six to eight months that we've never ever had an issue of having too much. <laughs> like <laughs> it's always been that even when you think like, oh no, this is gonna be way more than you know than we need, it just it never is for a fast growing brand. Good problem, problem to have. Good problem to have, right. So, you know, we've kinda ironed out our supply chain where, you know, we really make sure that we're we're stocked up with plenty of um, far beyond what we think we could need. Um, you know, brands like Red Bull, they still manufacture 99% of their product in Austria. So, you know, they're, rather than having product constantly being being shipped, like, you know, warehouse space isn't that expensive. So, and if, as long as your product has a long shelf life like we have, right. um, it just makes hard, more space. to beat water. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> I think the FDA actually, they don't even require a, uh, uh, a sell by date for water, but most people put two years on it just because like, you know, you don't really need to make it much longer than that. But, uh, but yeah, so we've got it all kind of figured out now.
0: That's awesome. So I, I have the last question here before we get to the lightning round and I'm just, I'm curious, what are your goals for this company? Um, in terms, in terms of, you know, the next six months, 12 months, you know, 18 months from now, where do you hope to be with with this?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we want to continue to grow the brand and make this something that is an option for people all over the country, anywhere you could possibly go in and want to pick up a water or a case of water that liquid death is an option for people. So it's not something that, you know, you have to order on the internet if you want it, you know, obviously that will always be there. And, um, you know, certain people just prefer to have stuff delivered to their front door and they're willing to pay a little bit of an extra premium for that. But, you know, for every everybody that wanders into a Seven Eleven or, you know, a Whole Foods or wherever, that, you know, Liquid Death is there as kind of a more fun and usually more, you know, sustainable option than a lot of what else is there. I think the other thing that's really powerful to me that I like is that We are bringing new people into the bottled water category. People who probably should be drinking more water. Like, we see a ton of social posts where someone who's going to a store um, where we do have liquid death, they're picking up like a monster or bang energy drink and a liquid death. And I think there's something interesting about like, yeah, if you're going to drink sort of these like sugar bomb, caffeine bomb, kind of energy drinks like yeah wash it down
0: with a liquid Yeah, yeah yeah, drink (laughs) the water too like it's good
1: for you you know so I think that's what's really exciting to me is like a lot of folks who are maybe more of the energy drink types now actually are have a reason to kind of buy a bottle of water and be stoked on walking around with this bottle of water or bringing it wherever they're going to go because at the end of the day that's most of what packaged drinks are like people don't you know if you're buying a water at a 7 Eleven, if you're buying a monster at a 7 Eleven, you're going out into the world with that product. Either like you're taking it to work or you're taking it to, to school or you're going to a party or you're going somewhere. So it's people do care about what things they portray to other people you know it's like it's just reality if you didn't care then you wouldn't you know you would just buy blank clothes like you wouldn't get your hair cut like it's like yeah exactly people do care to some extent i think finally we have an option that a whole new group of people can actually sort of connect with or relate to for something that's healthy or maybe they don't usually choose too many other healthy things Mm
0: -hmm. and i also i also know that you guys have a merch store so you're also, kind of capitalizing on that uh, the brand, right? Which it's not just water. You can, you know, you talked about wanting to, you know, buy something that you can be happy to walk around with. You also, you guys also sell shirts and hoodies and hats and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I like to say that I really think of Liquid Death more like a band than a product, you know. And it's like we actually have fans, like people who will go and put up liquid death stickers. And it's like people who really like believe in this thing and want it to exist and want to spread it and want to be a part of it. Just like bands have street teams where they give free shirts to like groups of people who will go around and put up their show flyers for them because they want to just be a part of the Metallica thing or whatever. So I think, you know, we make t-shirts that are actually cool. You know, like most of the times like package goods brands that make t-shirts they're the shirt that someone wears when they're painting their house, you know, it's not
0: going to sleep
1: (laughs) or going to sleep. Yeah. 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 Like not the shirt that they want to wear out to the party or to school or whatever. So yeah, we just take our, you know, we're like, Hey, if we're going to sell shirts, like let's sell really cool shirts and like, let's sell things that people would actually want to buy and wear versus just like marketing promo stuff,
0: you know? Mm -hmm. Great. Well, Mike, that's I, I really appreciate again you taking some time to be on with us. There's, I think you made it through the hardest part of this podcast. Thank <laughs> and you. we're now we're now at the lightning round. So Mike, whenever you're ready, let me know and we'll get started. All
1: right. Hit me.
0: All right. So I I actually I didn't realize how into music you were before I wrote these questions, but it's I think I think they'll work out nicely. Last okay. song played on your on your phone or computer.
1: Um, the Bomb Pops, Death in Venice Beach.
0: Not familiar with that, but I'm going to have to check it out. Because it sounds like we like similar music. I'm also a punk rock fan, uh, pop rock as well. Uh,
1: and to that point, another interesting new fact is, uh, do you know the band No Effects? Yes. The singer Fat Mike is one of our new investors.
0: That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. How much time do you spend on social media per day?
1: I, well, it's tough because I do. I, I manage Liquid Death Social quite a bit and stay really close to it. So I spend a lot of time on uh, just kind of keeping track of Liquid Death Social and what's going on, but uh, not so much on my own personal one these days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's your favorite artist or band?
1: If I had to say, probably my two favorite bands of all time, or I'd say top three are Slayer, Jimmy Eat World, and Melvins.
0: I love, love, love Jimmy Eat World.
1: <laughs> yeah, Clarity I think is one of the best records ever made.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, and I'm also a big fan of uh, um, the Big Casino album, which has uh, let it let it happen or something. I forgot the name of the album. It's, I'm blanking right now. Um, but it's the one with the peacock feather on the front. I, I really like that one. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, I think, oh, Chase This Light. That's what it's called.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is
0: good. Uh, yeah, so that's a good one. I, I mean, but all their stuff is really good. Uh, what's the no? We could have a whole po- a separate podcast on music, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's, the, what's the number one thing on your bucket list?
1: To go heli boarding in Valdez, Alaska.
0: That sounds pretty cool. I think I think I know the answer to the next question now based on that, but we'll see. Would you ever go skydiving? Um,
1: I would, but I'm not. I'm not anxious to do it. Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like I'm in the same boat in the sense I I don't have like an, a pressing need or urge to do it. But I I I mean, if I was dragged along, I might. But I I don't. But I'm not really like I gotta go out there and do it. You know, type of thing.
1: I think it's like I have enough other things I do that get my adrenaline going, <laughs> like snowboarding, skateboarding, riding motorcycles. That like. I don't necessarily need that to take that risk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I get that. All right. Well, Mike, it's been great having you on. Uh, I really enjo- enjoyed our conversation. If anyone who's listening wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that or to learn more about Liquid Death? Yeah.
1: Check out liquiddeath.com. Instagram, we're just at death. Twitter, we're just at liquiddeath. Um, yeah. Pretty easy to find.
0: Nice. Well, Mike, thanks again for being on. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Cool.
1: Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to Techie Bites. Stay tuned for more episodes every Tuesday with awesome interviews and conversations about technology and business. If you like what we're doing, please consider supporting the podcast at anchor.fm slash best techie and or by leaving a rating interview on iTunes. Both ways help us greatly and are much appreciated. So thank you. Until next time, we'll see you. And remember, remember, take care of your computers.